Holy Toledo. That was wild. We made it. I'm Drew here with Ashley and Derek, and we just got back from June 22nd, 1984. The past. How y'all doing? Um, I'm doing all right. Uh, not feeling good again. Okay. Well, <laughs> what a trip. Derek almost got us into some pretty serious trouble. But before we get into that, Ashley, can you explain what we do here on New Release 1984? Sure. So each week we travel back in time to the best year ever to watch whatever movie just hit theaters. That's right. Let's jump in. Next Tuesday, the boy who had to become a man. The man who had to create a miracle. The movie that became a legend. Ralph Macchio is the karate kid. That's right. Well. (laughs) (laughs) What did we watch, Ashley? Well, in case you couldn't guess, uh, the karate kid. Any taglines for this classic? Oh, yeah. He taught him the secret to karate lies in the mind and heart, not in the hands. Hmm. Maybe someone should have told Derek that before he tried to start a fight with the pizza guy at the theater. I mean, it looked like really good pizza, though. I kind of understand his reasoning. Wow. Okay. You're going to defend <laughs> the use of force to get pizza. Pizza's important. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. You and the Ninja Turtles agree. Um, so I, I did take a stab at my own tagline this week. You ready for it? Ooh, okay. Sure. The Karate Kid. Heart of a champion. Body of a boy. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Too okay. Weird. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of. Did you like, see the poster? He's on the beach. She's running, silhouetted, thin, crane like. I just picture like a little baby child. So, okay. Kind of freaking me out. Fair enough. So, y'all know how we watched this movie. We hopped on our time traveling scooters and scooted right on back to 1984 to see it in its initial weekend at theaters. But for anyone who doesn't have such capacities, you can watch on Amazon Prime or iTunes or anywhere that you rent um, standalone movies. So before we jump into our usual categories, Ashley, how about you sum this movie up in, here's a twist, 15 seconds. Shoot. Okay. All right. Ready? (laughs) Go. Okay. Uh, Daniel and his mom moved from Jersey to California. He gets beat up by these kids at school. They all know karate. He learns karate through a sensei. And then they fight in a tournament and he wins. Derek gave you 15 minutes. So I think you made it. Um, <laughs> but that was definitely less than 15 seconds. <laughs> nice. Brutal. Um, I was so anxious about the timer that I didn't listen that closely, but I'm going to assume you did a remarkable job. Thank um, you. And you also reaped repeated the imdb description so no i didn't <laughs> just the boy and his mother moved to california for a new job part well i said daniel's mom and they do move but i didn't say the new job part <laughs> okay yeah because who cares about her character and and she's just completely absent the whole movie yeah she like she moves there to work in computers and then never goes to the job so i read up on it and that company went bankrupt and that's why they moved they don't really mention it. They don't really touch on it in the movie. But yeah, that was in the in other versions of the script. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna have like a little bit more story to it, and then they decide not to, which is fine. I think it's like mid '80s in California. There's this computer technology boom, and maybe she went there sort of like hoping to ride the ride the wave, so to speak. And mm-hmm. 
Dan realized maybe just work at a restaurant yeah. and get and get benefits. Right. Which she was like, I'm the GM now and I'll get or manager. I'm going to get benefits. I was like, I'm pretty sure the computer job would have also given you benefits. Yeah. But what I thought I was really cool um, about him and his mom's relationship right off the bat is they go on that. They start in New Jersey. They are driving off and all the kids are like following the car kind of, you know, showing that Daniel was popular back home. And, mm-hmm. you know, we know he's probably not going to have such luck as the new kid in uh, Cal- California being a East Coast boy. Yeah. But him and his mom like bond a little bit along the way. We're going to get into when we go into characters, this like counter narrative about Daniel being uh, a brat and maybe not mm-hmm. being the hero. But um, not to spoil that, but I thought he was very relatable uh, early on and, and mostly throughout. I mean, I'm actually, kidding. well, he, no, we'll obviously get, we'll he had bratty it. moments. Yeah. So, yeah. But I liked, I liked his bond with his mom and then it just mm-hmm. kind of fizzles out after, <laughs> after they right. get there. But yeah. nevertheless, so what is your backstory with this movie? This is one that we know we've seen a number of times before, but have you seen it a million times? Have you seen it a dozen times? Again, to repeat from like the other times, yeah. <laughs> uh, only, only a few times because I, I watched all the movies from like the early '90s, so those right. were my movies I watched over and over again. Um, but I do remember enjoying it as a kid, and I had fond memories of it. And I used to go to karate, take karate lessons, yeah. some taekwondo action. Master only, Dong, if I recall. Yeah, and I have the jacket still. Doesn't really. I mean, kind of fits. So my arms are too long <laughs> for it, but I still have it in my closet. Um, so, only the yellow belt, but that's okay. why I don't know why I'm asking you this question, but sure. why wasn't I taking karate? <laughs> <laughs> you were playing soccer at the okay. Y. So, so while you were doing soccer, I was taking karate with mom. But you were also doing soccer. Well, I guess they don't like you as much. They're like, you can do all the sports. I'm I don't not know. trying to start a family feud. I'm just like, <laughs> I remember going to your karate classes. I think I didn't want to do it. Maybe not. Or were you on the, were you just sitting there watching us? Yeah. Not, maybe oh. not every time, but we would used to go to like, um, the studio, the dojo, and then we would sometimes go to either Burlington Coat Factory or right. <laughs> like a cool, a cooler place, like a comic shop or something. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> huh? I wonder why you didn't want to. You didn't want to break boards. That I, I, I'm guessing that much like my initial forays into swimming, <laughs> if I didn't have immediate success, <laughs> I might have just, just quit. Off, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I was thinking about it in anticipation of this movie it's kind of weird that that you were doing it and and i wasn't um you're just sitting there being like i'll never be good at it (laughs) just gave up immediately but good for good for you and mom were you all in the same class or separate we we were to start for like warm-ups and then they'd like break us out a little bit because she became like um she got up to a brown belt yeah away from a black which is very impressive what about you yellow (laughs) so the second belt yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I thought it keep, went for a while though so I wanted to keep going or mom remember she had to have like foot surgery because she had her mm. foot stepped on at a wedding and the heel like messed up her foot and so she couldn't do karate anymore you could have came up with a cooler karate story but but that's yeah. what really what happened yeah <laughs> heel kick um, <laughs> during the line dancing so yeah yeah good for you so did that inform your appreciation of this movie how accurate was the karate you know can you break it down from your well, expert 
for my expert yellow belt knowledge. Yeah. Um, no, I can't at all. But it looks pretty pretty poor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I thought you were gonna <laughs> go in the other direction. No. It was it was serviceable. Um, you know, from some of the the research that we did, they were learning as they went, especially Daniel and Miyagi. Um, yeah. So they they looked like novices, but it didn't it didn't hurt the enjoyment of the movie. Um, I would say for me, my watching all the classes probably gives me a greater appreciation and understanding of the art form. So I think, you know, this movie always resonated with me because I absorbed karate from Master Dong. Like, unlike you trying to participate and break boards, I was awesome. Yeah, I was I was taking the Miyagi approach and I'm playing my game gear. <laughs> but still still absorbing all the all the lessons. So Or was that my game gear? Well, yeah, who can tell? <laughs> they all they all, they all uh look the same to me. So <laughs> Did uh Derek, did you watch this movie a lot growing up? I did, yeah. yeah I did. Did you love it? Uh I liked it a lot, yeah. yeah. I mean, is it like one of your your movies? Um, you know, ac- after kind of reading more into it and rewatching it, I realized that I forgot that I loved it more than I thought I I did. Yeah, I honestly I have some early childhood memories of of Rocky, which <laughs> heavily inspired the arc and the plot of this. But I think if I had been watching this movie at the same time that I was watching Rocky, seeing someone closer to my age go through the same arc would have been i would have connected with daniel way more than sylvester but maybe i saw the stallone movie in like my mid to later teens and i wanted to be like uh i wanted to have like the body of stallone not yeah the, you're doing like a scrawny like 12 year old yeah child. but as a as an adult man uh daniel <laughs> is much more of a, of a role model than than uh rocky was although rocky's not too not a- yeah that guy <laughs> yeah. anyway um uh, one thing that you loved or hated about this movie okay i hated oh <laughs> be careful what you i know hate's such a strong word um i did not like how the training montage lasted like 40 minutes in like five days like we get it yeah and we're gonna be breaking that well I won't, I won't spoil or rank the blank, but there were a couple things that you could kind of classify as training montages, but you mean when Miyagi is, uh, when he shows uh, up, having he's free like, labor from yeah, Daniel. For, for, for several days. And I was yeah. like, okay, let's get to the karate part. Like I get what you're doing. He's like learning through those steps, but it just, I didn't realize how long that process was in the movie. Yeah. It's a, a longish movie and it, it drags at times, but I almost think, I mean, not to, not to like give it too much credit, but they almost put you in the mindset, seeing how long it lasts makes you go through the experience more with Daniel and appreciate, mm-hmm. <laughs> appreciate the progression. What I thought was funny was like, he got annoyed a couple times, especially like when he was first at being asked to do a new thing, mm-hmm. but he never once brought up like until later, uh, like after he had already sanded the floors, painted the fence and waxed all the cars, like he, had, he didn't even ask about karate that whole time, right? No, not until he was he's very the, patient. He was like painting the house and he's like, I'm done. He's like, yeah. okay, I'll show you karate. Well, right. He finally hit his breaking point um, mm-hmm. during after, yeah, like 
hard to say exactly how many days of 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 labor, but he at least like four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and backbreaking or shoulder aching labor because he would leave each day like barely able to to move and and lift his arms. So, mm-hmm. but there was a method beyond behind Miyagi's madness. Um, did you end up? I'm gonna try to refrain from bringing up the 2010 Jackie Chan Jaden Smith movie too many times but I watched that last night did you did you end up watching it, it or no night. yeah I watched it last night as well <laughs> so everything in this older movie is better except well Jackie Chan is is cool and some of the fight choreography the fight choreography is great it's like it's all sped up it's like more modern action style mm-hmm. um, it looks sort of like it's cut in a modern way which is effective but the the thing that they sub in for the wax on wax off is uh jaden smith hanging up his jacket on a jacket a coat hanger for an equal amount of time for Throwing like it on the ground picking it back yeah. up yeah take it off or jacket off jacket on jacket off jacket on um <laughs> i don't <laughs> yeah. think those are the words <laughs> no they were um, <laughs> so we'll leave it at that but that was that was dumb and then by the end of it like him just doing that one task he Mm -hmm. learns all these different defensive moves at least in this one he's doing three different tasks and it's somewhat believable that those translate into like different defensive tactics right but he could have done like one car part of a fence started his house you know (laughs) well it was equal parts like learning the discipline right fair (laughs) so but that's a that's a that's a a a reasonable beef um Mm-hmm. I would say, uh, since you're being such a Debbie Downer, the <laughs> oh, the, no. the thing that I loved, uh, we'll talk about a lot of good moments from the film, but one that kind of was brief but beautiful was the first date montage between Daniel and uh, Allie with an eye. And so they go to this like outdoor... Golf and such. What's it called? Golf and such. Golf, golf and such? Yeah, with okay. like the end with the little... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I saw that in a phone book, I might not be as excited as if I drove <laughs> by it. But um, they had bumper cars, they had putt putt, they had um, trampolines. There was a water slide, which he didn't dress for. But what a what a resource to have access to, man. Yeah, that was great. I would have loved to go there. Yeah, they did have great to. Date. They did have to ride. Why did they all ride in the front seat? When his mom drove? I them? don't know. I was thinking about <laughs> that too because I thought Elizabeth Shue's character um was going to like alley with an eye was going to yeah. get in the front and then he's gonna get in the back and they're like no let's all sit together but the car has more seats yeah, i don't know or i mean in that scenario it's okay for the mom to be a chauffeur yeah and they sit in the back but right nitpick <laughs> uh, aside derek i wanted to give you a chance because you pointed out something during the movie that that you loved yeah mr miyagi's backyard it's always been something that i remember from the film yeah it's beautiful it's, it's like a it's got a lot of porch decking uh which is what daniel was sanding um, <laughs> it's got a river running through it uh a pond i guess uh, a little moat trees yeah um, yeah moat trees it's it's beautiful his whole property they don't do they show the like front exterior of his house yeah they do when he's doing the cars right i just couldn't really i couldn't really envision the property like is a 
from other angles like i mean probably because it's a set and they're using different <laughs> different things you're not seeing like an aerial view of it i don't know it's i just not couldn't wrap my big, head around it yeah it's not a very big home so the backyard is humongous but the actual house right. itself and the property is pretty small yeah it it <laughs> it's a perfect training facility for uh <laughs> young up and coming uh, mm -hmm. uh picked on kids so <laughs> Uh, it, let's uh let's move on to a fun segment choose your character <laughs> so we just stepped into the arcade we are walking up to the karate kid console what do you call them cabinet not a console the karate no. kid cabinet and <laughs> mm -hmm. uh ashley put a quarter in Okay. Well, I feel like you're setting it up to, for me to fail because I'm not choosing a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It doesn't have to be a fighting game. I mean, it's a movie about fighting, but... Uh, <laughs> right. Like you're setting up for this karate game, but this you choose a person that doesn't fight. <laughs> this, uh, this iteration of the arcade game is an RPG. It's a story-based <laughs> RPG. So after you put your quarter in and you scroll through the characters, um, who were who you gravitating towards? So I actually really like his mom. Okay. Lucille. Wow. wow. I know. Defend this. Jesus. Okay. Well, she's there. She, <laughs> so they move. She moves her family, her son. She like takes care of him. She What's a her name, by the way? Sorry. Lucille. Okay. And so she's like taking care of him the whole movie, or she tries to. She's working all the time to provide for them. She's very, I don't know, I think she's very sweet. When Mr. Miyagi fixes his bike, she like offers him money and like, oh, like, thank you so much. She's like very, she's just really kind. You can tell they have a really good relationship. So okay, like good that. defense. Um, she can't kick butts, so I don't know. <laughs> well, she is clearly ambitious, career driven. She is a good mother. She's had to raise. Do we know when um, her husband and his father passed away? No. Yeah, they they're pretty they're pretty coy about that, which is is kind of nice. They don't over they don't use it as a plot device. I mean, it's inherent to the story, but they don't over overstate it, which is which is nice to have subtlety in a movie <laughs> like this. So I think my problems with her character are script based, story yeah. based, not, you know, all the screen time she's given, she makes the most of. It's just weird that she's is she should she be concerned that her son's never home and always hanging out with this this older man that she doesn't well, really know if she's i mean she should but if she's the manager of a restaurant she's never home typically okay. anyway and she makes him a birthday cake and he never shows up yeah which was just i guess that's that, daniel's it, fault yeah um I, he was yeah. it was his birthday and he's with mr miyagi and mr miyagi brought out a cake and then he was like, oh, my mom had this whole surprise thing. I totally forgot. And she, he leaves to go like see his mom for the surprise cake and then goes to see the girl instead. Goes to golf and such. To golf <laughs> and such. He goes back to the same place. Yeah. I'm like, all right. But yeah, so, like, she made him the cake. Like, she's very sweet. She like, really cares about her son. Miyagi completely upstages her birthday by also making him a cake, giving him a, oh, yeah. a, a gi that was uh, embroidered by his late, his late wife. Mm -hmm. um, who tragically died uh, delivering his son anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of the cake and the ghee, and then Daniel remembers that his mother was planning a birthday festivity, so he runs outside 
And then Miyagi has one more gift for him. And it's, <laughs> what is it? It's a 1948 Ford Super Deluxe. There you go. It's a freaking car. Um, yeah, it's a freaking beautiful car. <laughs> Miyagi does have a fleet of old cars and he lets Daniel pick. So he picks the shiny yellow convertible one. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. choice. Um, <laughs> Daniel actually, or Ralph Macho in real life has that car. The producer gave it to him. He still owns it. That's, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's amazing. <laughs> so. one, um, more, one more tidbit about uh, Lucille. She's actually in Cobra Kai, which is the YouTube Red hmm. show that I watched. Yeah. So she's she's obviously still playing his mom and she's just older, but yeah, still, she's a lot older. Yeah. And still really like caring and lovely. Yeah. Hey, perfect. Great human. Well, I'm I appreciate your outside the box thinking, Ashley. Let's run through a couple of the candidates that I'll be deciding between. So Miyagi, I'm going to leave that leave that alone for now. Mm-hmm. Um Ali played by Elizabeth Shue, Allie with an I. Strong contender. Mm. You didn't consider her? She's sport. She picks up soccer really quick. She's sporty, but she is kind of dramatic. So hmm. she Her friends are terrible. Her friends are awful. Yeah. But she also got mad at, so that, what was his name? Oh my God. Johnny like pushed yeah. her, tried to kiss her, and then she like pushed him away, and this whole thing happened. Very and progressive. Then, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was great. <laughs> she fought him back. Um, but then Daniel saw that happening, got upset. And then the next time we saw her, he was just like trying to apologize. And she's like, Ugh, I don't even, and like, he didn't see the whole scene and she was yeah. very dismissive immediately. And I didn't like that whole part. It was, it, it fell in, it fell briefly into the trap of this contrived relationship drama that you have to manufacture. So poor communication, a series of mm-hmm. really coincidental events. He's like coming to meet her for their date. And he's walking through the kitchen, gets covered in spaghetti. Yeah. And at the same time, um, Johnny is 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 uh, forcing a kiss on her. But Daniel sees it in the like half second before she reacts and mm-hmm. thinks that it's a it's a consensual kiss. And so he, of course, like storms out. It's just one of those movie slash, yeah. you know, uh, melodrama cw moments where yeah too many of those are really a problem but one i i can give i can give a pass for um other than that i would say her only flaws are just again sort of story based where her character is there to be a love interest for him and isn't given a lot of agency she's uh, unconditionally supportive she's into him from day one which is fine but she's just not really well developed um, because it's a movie about the karate boy, not the karate girl. Yeah. Until number three. Until later, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to pick her, even though it's it's tempting. Uh, there's all the other Cobra Kai henchmen. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to, you know, throw a curveball and, and pick one of them. It obviously comes down to this big debate between Daniel, uh, played by Ralph mm-hmm. Macchio, of course, and Johnny uh, William Zapka. The head so, of Cobra Kai. Can you, can you, since you had an hour long conversation with what I'm sure is a dude friend and you watch this, this YouTube video um, about who's the true hero and you can already sense my, <laughs> where I'm going, but can you explain this, uh, this, this theory? Sure. So, so the theory is basically that the whole time, um, 
Daniel's actually the bully and Johnny's the good guy mm-hmm. and not the way other way around. But it's kind of hard to explain it because going into the movie, that's what I wanted to believe. And so I listened to all these clips and watched all these things saying like, oh, well, Daniel like steals his like recent girlfriend or girlfriend. Yeah. And then the guy's like rolling a blunt while he's trying to like listen to music and hang out. And, he pours, and then Daniel pours water on him. But I just, so I finished the movie and I was like, no, I feel like Daniel's the good guy. That so YouTube video, I'm going to, I'm going to pull it up right now and give it a big fat thumbs down. Um. Yeah. I watched it. I was just like, this isn't really selling it for me. And I was trying, I really wanted to believe the theory, but I couldn't, couldn't get in. It's so manipulative. I mean, go whatever. That's fine. They are, they're both egging egging each other on. It's it's just like, they, they just hand it off. You know, somebody pisses the other one off. Someone. But I feel like Daniel's just really brutally assaulted. Like the only guys. time oh, Daniel oh. instigates it is when is when he attacks him in the in the bathroom. Okay, that's he true. He pours water on yeah. him. Yeah, he mean, pours he water on him. He doesn't him punch him or push him down a hill. <laughs> the, a little less. The whole like thing in the YouTube video where Daniel escalates the boombox situation that was just very that was just very well. Misleading. Then he was protecting Allie and yeah. like I was getting pulled, like held back by like Cobra the Cobra Kai guys so. I just couldn't, I wanted to believe the theory, but I don't believe it. And a lot of people, so I took a, um, I had an Instagram poll about mm-hmm. who was the bigger asshole and karate kid and 65, 64% of people went with Daniel. So. Yeah, see, this is, this is bullshit. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to take a stand. No, like, no, that's fine. I agree. I, I even voted for Dan, I even voted <laughs> against Daniel because you had primed me. What was your, uh, not to throw your friend under the bus, but was, was he, repeating some of the same stuff that was in that video yeah 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 and then but, has, has anyone derek you've seen how i met your mother do you remember when barney outlines this yeah and doesn't um william zabka actually he i think he has yeah. a cameo in how i met your mother so yeah i do remember this i think there's just been this like campaign by johnny fanatics or zabka heads where the more recent memory <laughs> for a lot of people is this is either how i met your mother or it's just fun to kind of think about this alternative theory and i mm-hmm. we all were seduced by it yeah but if you watch the movie um this is my long-winded way of picking daniel like right he's a really good guy he's in his bratty qualities are even totally understandable like he mm-hmm. has he gets he's confident he's confident in a admirable way with with ali in a mostly not obnoxious way almost entirely not obnoxious um maybe the scene where they make up is 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 rushed <laughs> but, but this yeah well the scene where they're in the shower and he's just like holding her like he's very sweet to her he like, yeah. treats her well yeah he's 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 a prince um <laughs> and when he gets in a like he doesn't communicate perfectly with his mom okay like he's a 15 year old he doesn't want to tell his mom that he got beat up that's supposed to make him a brat yeah, I mean that makes sense. He's like, no, I'll just hide my behind my shades. Like that's not a, I don't. Yeah, I didn't. He didn't come up as bratty at all toward like to me. It's a, it's a, it's an incredible performance by Machio. It's a nuanced, uh, character. It's nuanced written character by you know the screenwriter, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just Daniel, all the way, to the, <laughs> to the top. <laughs> You're the best, Daniel. Um, <laughs> Around. So yeah. <laughs> We've addressed the uh, the Daniel versus Johnny controversy. I think we can put that to bed for now. Um, Ashley, if you can remember throughout the the podcast to just yell out random um, 
no mercy, Johnny, you're a cream puff. <laughs> Things like that throughout, throughout the episode, sure. By, sure. by all means. Um, my other favorite one was, <laughs> must be time to take worm for a walk week. <laughs> or must, no, that's just, <laughs> no, that's, that's not right. Must be take worm for a walk week. There you go. <laughs> so alliterative. And um, <laughs> it's an insult levied at, at Daniel by one of the other Cobra Kai henchmen. Did you, before we move on from the character segment, did you find any of them memorable? Um, not, so their names are too similar for the most part. It's really Dutch for me to like, differentiate them. But when they were all ganging up on him on Halloween and the one guy's like, no, he's had enough. He's had enough, like stop beating up on him. I almost chose him as my character, but I couldn't mm-hmm. remember which one he was. So there's a couple moments, like there's basically the true, the true villain and Miyagi sums it up is the student is never evil the teacher is evil or something to that Mm -hmm. effect like if you want to defend johnny and you want to defend um the bullies in the the karate kid remake it's because they have sociopathic psychopathic um instructors and their kids and they're being emotionally abused and trained as as little killing machines uh (laughs) by their their psychopath sensei so sleep the leg yeah i mean they they he he explicitly instructs the kids to injure another kid and he is that's the that's the thing that redeems that makes that leaves the door open um mm-hmm. 35 years later when cobra kai comes out on youtube for johnny to potentially be redeemed um derek uh before we move on did you want to pick a character i know you want you're dying to pick johnny but the johnny is an adult <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Johnny as an adult from Cobra Kai because he is the new uh, Mr. Miyagi kind of. Oh, okay. But the new sensei. But in this '84 version, um, definitely Mr. Miyagi yeah. in this RPG yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so chill. Um, yeah, he's just overall very zen-like and just chill. I like it. Yeah, he he's all the Miyagiisms hold up his his life lessons are meaningful i mean they they're it's cheesy it's not even cheesy it's cheesy like if we were to run through them (laughs) out of context but in the context of the movie uh they all work so Mm -hmm. let's move on to breaking news with this just in So this week I have sort of um, a general factoid that I found in an old magazine when we were when we were back uh, at the theater. So and it's I didn't intend it to tie into uh, Ashley's character's career aspirations, but it kind of does conveniently. So brace yourselves. In 1984, women earned 37 percent of all computer science degrees. In 1998, that number was at 27%. And then in 2011, only 12% of computer science degrees went to women. So it's dropped precipitously, which you would assume the opposite, right? Yeah. What about 2020? Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't, they didn't. (laughs) Spiking back up? No. The the magazine that I found in 84 that had the numbers for 2011 somehow didn't have the numbers projected. Almost almanac. No, it's just, it's, if you like ask someone to guess, you would have, maybe there were just not a lot of computer science degrees in 84 and, and, and everyone was kind of 
uh, vying for them. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting that that's what his mother was pursuing. Obviously, um, she quickly changed careers, and maybe the inherent like sexism of people that are higher at the higher level, because getting a degree is pretty uh, democratic, but mm-hmm. getting a job, <laughs> there's <laughs> there's actual gatekeepers. So maybe they stopped trying because nobody was hiring them, which sucks. Um, on a cheerier note. Derek, what was the number one song on the Billboard charts at this this uh, juncture in '84? The second hand How many times do you think they say time after time? Time and time again. Too many that times. That is Cindy Lauper with. Time after time. Aww. So yeah. this is the weekend of June 22nd, 1984. We are um, browsing the box office charts from that weekend. And anybody care to guess what's number one? Indiana Jones. So the same three movies have been one, two, and three, I think, for for a while ghostbusters mm-hmm. still fighting it out with gremlins neck and neck 13 million to 11 million indiana jones coming in at number uh three even though wow. it's been out for five weeks now um, different time where these movies just hung around but nothing has hung around quite like number four breaking breaking eight weeks what? in that's amazing still number four at the box office wow well i thought um, last week was like seven so spike back up so there's a little um percentage change thing here in in my newspaper breaking just went up 593 percent from last week (laughs) okay what hell yeah it went it it got a like a push into more theaters or you know something happened to where everyone stormed the theaters to see (laughs) breaking another time uh Another movie that we skipped is just ahead of Karate Kid that came out, Rhinestone. No idea what that is. No, not not. like a Tiffany Mallrat kind of movie. Yeah. Hmm. Karate Kid, uh, number six on its opening weekend, five million. It was in about half the number of theaters uh, as the the movies at the top. So it was like a very modest, uh, modest release, modest expectations. It only cost eight million to make. Uh, a little bit less than Gremlins. And Ashley, do you know what it went on to make? Ooh, um, I'm going to guess 156 million. A uh, hundred. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's more than 10 times its budget. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they didn't, you can tell by the theater count that they weren't expecting it to be, you know, a huge hit. And so that's why it spawned <laughs> two sequels, um, an arcade game that we played, an NES game, uh, a YouTube series that came out just years ago. So obviously it was uh, it extremely out, outpaced its expectations. At the time, how was it received, Ashley, review-wise? So at the time, it was very well received. Um, so we have Morita is simply terrific, bringing the appropriate authority and wisdom to the part. Variety from variety staff member. It doesn't say who from variety, but I also, Let's, yeah, it's weird that they don't have a person assigned to it. Let's but just quick, quick tangent yeah. there. 
Um, Did you read about like his past work and and his expectations? I mean, like (laughs) people weren't expecting him to be a serious actor. Oh, yes, I did. Sorry, I was like, Ralph? Um, Yeah, so they thought, so Pat Morita Mm -hmm. is, um, was originally like a stand-up comedian and he was kind of a drunkard, had a foul mouth, not really like a role model for, for children or anything like a sensei. So they didn't want to cast him in this movie at all. Right. And then they're like, well, we'll just give him a shot, I guess. And then he got it. But they didn't want mm. him to. They were ca- trying to cast other ones ahead of him. Because they're like, he's just a drunk. Like, it's not going to be, it's not going to turn out well. They wanted to cast like a iconic, serious actor from uh, Japanese samurai movies, like mm-hmm. a, like Kurosawa movies. Um, the guy who's the main character in Rashomon and, and, uh, and some other Kurosawa films. Like, <laughs> but he couldn't speak English. So, at all yeah so that <laughs> there's <was> that mixed <laughs> yeah well that's that's cool i'm sure people were blown away uh by his performance we'll get into uh the academy later uh mm-hmm. any any negative impressions so i read i went to like a parent's blog Ooh. <laughs> so for some parent parental reviews for like watching this and like watching with their kids kind of like gremlins last week <laughs> yeah so the first one is recommended for kids 14 and up from a mom and it says language warning I grew up watching the Karate Kid series on television when it was cen- where it was censored. I don't know why she said series, but it's fine. I was shocked by the language as an adult. Although an inspiring film with a strong message, I, I raised my age recommendation purely because of the excessive use of mild curse words, etc. Another big thumbs down. What, what, do you have any guesses as to what language she's talking about? Well, she said she put GD, so like, God damn it. I guess that's in the movie. I didn't yeah, even know. I don't remember a single curse word. Not that I would have cared. Yeah. And then another well, I mean, I'm not a parent, so. Right. Fine. And then another but, mom rebuttaled and just said, I watched it when I was four. <laughs> yeah. So. Suck on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> um, so that's just a little parent battle I got into. That's the, so you, so what you're saying is you had to dive really deep to find something negative about yeah. this movie. Yes. Do you know anybody in real life that doesn't like this movie? No. Do you? Pretty, no. It's pretty universally. Yeah beloved i thought it might not even be as much of like a dude centric movie as as you would think i mean it's not again i i think it's fair to keep bringing up rocky because the same director and mm-hmm. same uh score person composer yeah uh, composer yep, that's the word uh mm-hmm. worked on it different screenwriter um but but like rocky is a dude movie um, I'm sure mm-hmm. girls like it too, but yeah. <laughs> this movie is much more uh, universally appealing, it mm-hmm. seems. So, um, speaking of the the script and and the screenwriter, we read some we read an oral history, which I thought was was really informative about kind of all the the key people, actors behind the scenes, production people involved. Were there any interesting? tidbits that that you want to highlight from that uh sports illustrated oral history sure so i had i had no idea about the base of the story did you like where it came from no did not. It? okay so the writer robert mark came in um he was actually which is really sad when he was 17 he went to the world fair in 1964 and he was beat up really badly Mm-hmm. So he started to study martial arts in order to defend himself. Sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was unhappy with his first teacher because his first teacher taught violence and revenge. Yep, he was a marine. Platform. Yep. And then he went to he moved to a different different um, teacher who didn't speak English at all, 
and he became his like sensei. So, yeah. Pretty similar, pretty similar story. Well, it's funny because the producer of this Jerry Weinsenthrop or something. Um, mm-hmm. Weinthrop. <laughs> Weinthrop, yeah. Uh, wanted to remake Rocky. I mean, he mm-hmm. wanted to do Rocky with a kid and yet he happened to find the screenwriter who wasn't like was able to draw on very personal experience it happened to follow i would say it's probably the director who like uh, molded it molded it into the the rocky formula but yeah. his the what makes this movie uh, stand on its own one leg is that it's like comes from a real emotional place like the writer mm-hmm. i don't think he wrote a ton of other stuff <laughs> outside of this like this is like his main hit yeah and he might have did he work on the sequels um i'm not entirely sure yeah i want to say i saw his name in the credits for cobra kai oh well at a minimum he would get story credit on every single Mm -hmm. and that's why he got rich i mean he yeah he but he might i could i thought from some something they alluded to in the oral history that he worked on the sequels and it's it's not uncommon for someone to have like one very personal story and and then you know it it is uncommon for that story to be like this commercially viable and happen to like have everything aligned to where <laughs> they get like they make it packaged in a commercial way, but it's it's got heart. Mm-hmm. He was uh, involved in all Karate Kids. Okay, yeah. So there you go. His story might have been sad, but did you read the story of, of Pat uh, Morita? <laughs> you can read that one. It's oh, super gosh. Um, when he was two years old. He broke his back, contracted spinal tuberculosis, and spent the next nine years of his life in infirmary, raised by white doctors and nurses. Um, And then when he was reunited with his family, obviously he was like complete culture shock. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had been around white people his whole life and also been a cripple. (laughs) And basically left for, not left for dead, just just they were unable to care for him. Um, There's some very heavy stuff in the movie in addition to kind of the emotional heart of daniel there's mm-hmm. miyagi's backstory with his family um famously he the movie kind of uh moves into what uh movie trope aficionados uh call a mood whiplash when he's delivering his famous drunk uh monologue mm-hmm. and he goes from like super happy drunk to on a dime super sad emotional drunk because and we're talking about the character now not the not the real life person yeah his his wife and son um his wife died while in childbirth uh with who would have been a son in an internment camp yeah Um, (laughs) and you can imagine maybe the studio i didn't i don't remember if they said explicitly that they wanted to take that out of the script but i do Okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember them saying he fought for it. So I guess that would imply either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, that's, she di- and she died in training camp while he was serving. Yeah. So. I mean, that's, that's some heavy yeah. stuff for a child karate movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still, it, but it's also again, done in a pretty like uh, true emotional way. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not, I don't know if there was music playing or, or what, but yeah, like, it doesn't it come was, off cheesy. It's just very like, you just feel really bad for Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, and Daniel, like, once again, shows emotional maturity for his age. He's, like, very empathetic to mm-hmm. Miyagi. And, and when he hands him, um, not long after that, they're having the birthday party. 
uh, well, the birthday party with just them two and not the mom. Yeah, it's a party. <laughs> when he hands him the ghee, Daniel's like, uh, and he says that his wife uh, made it. Daniel's like, if you ever want this patch back, I'll understand. And Miyagi's like, I know you understand. This is yeah. beautiful. Oh, it's touching. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, were there any other things that came out of that that oral history that you wanted to point out, or other trivia bits? Trivia bits, sure. Did you know that originally? So you know how Mr. Miyagi's dressed up in like the full padding and like the um, yeah catcher's mask and the whole thing. Stuff. Yeah, ba- yeah, baseball stuff. Clearly, we played a lot of base- baseball golf stuff. Golf and such. <laughs> yeah, golf and things. Um, <laughs> so originally, it was supposed to be this like character on a broom called Mr. Mr. Hashimoto. Hashimoto. Mm. And so Daniel Sun was supposed to like punch that and it was supposed to, he was supposed to like hit him with the broom creature. Uh, oh yeah, and I did so, see something. About that. Yeah. And so instead of that happening, they're like, no, we're just going to put little Mr. Miyagi in like an outfit. He's just going to punch him. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like, maybe it's a foot fist way with Danny McBride or like some other karate movie mm-hmm. where they had these like, towers with wood wood things that you kind of like kick at and they spin three around ninjas. maybe yeah maybe three, three ninjas, oh, three ninjas. there you go and yeah. the eyes light up when you hit the dummy no it's definitely the danny mcbride movie <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> no 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 yeah so they finally by 1992 uh mm-hmm. when three ninjas came out they mastered it <laughs> yeah. um yeah that did not seem like something we missed <laughs> I mean, no, no. So. just like hit him with the room. Um, um, I have I'll, a trope that's kind of related okay. to that. Uh, sure. It's called, maybe it's not that related, but it's called awesome but impractical, where maybe that's not. Wait, wait, wait. Of- so <laughs> not awesome but, but awesome but, but impractical. Yeah. What, what, not an awesome but, an impractically awesome but. Is that what you, <laughs> what you thought I was saying? <laughs> Not a Kardashian um, situation. So awesome, but unrealistic or impractical, which that might have sounded cool in the script to have this robotic uh, training doll. Mm -hmm. But something that they were able to execute in the movie, your mileage may vary on whether it works for you, um, but you're a monster if you say no, is the the crane stance. So (laughs) the most famous... The most famous thing probably from the movie, maybe wax on, wax off, and then the crane kick are probably the two most memorable uh, things from the movie. Did you find uh, the crane kick both awesome and impractical? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did it, did awesome went out? For sure. Yeah. Okay. Awesome went out. Yeah. So I, I think I mean, it's, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say the trope. I don't really need to define it. It kind of speaks for itself. It's, it's, I, we had one a few weeks ago that was suspend your disbelief or suspension of, of disbelief. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like it's related to that, but it could also be like the cars and Mad Max, where maybe that's not how you would build the perfect like war machine car. But if it looks it cool looks to put cool. a guy on the front yeah. with a bass guitar, then <laughs> why, fire, not? why not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Did you think that, so to go into the crane kick, did you think that was illegal? There, I did get hit in the face a lot and I was kind of confused the point system. I didn't, yeah. a lot of people call it the crane kick and that was like another thing that was like, oh, he was, he won, he won the fight on like an impractical or yeah, impractical, but he won the fight on like an illegal move but I thought he got hit in the face a lot and I didn't really understand. Can you not kick someone in the face? Is that what makes it illegal? 
you know, I, I was going to rely on you with all your yellow belt expertise to explain yeah, this I'm to sorry. us, but <laughs> Can't help I mean, if we only had our, our brown belt mother to mm -hmm. clear this up. So Derek, what, by the way, didn't you take some karate? I did. Okay. Well, you can answer that, this. that would have been an illegal move. Okay. Okay. But um, you can hit people in the face. No, no, no. That would be illegal. But they illegal. Okay. Yeah. So when, other when parts he, throughout the tournament, clocks, it does seem get, like, yeah. So, yeah, um, they don't do, they don't. Uh, Not real karate. Yeah. Throughout that entire tournament. Well, what's, what's messed up is they get through the tournament and Daniel's like, so what are the rules? And Miyagi's like, I don't know the rules. And then for five seconds before his first fight, uh, Ali is like, Here's a couple things. <laughs> yeah, how because, does she know? Well, because her dad taught her, right? Well, no, it's cool that she knows, but I'm saying her, they didn't go dad. to the tournament. They didn't go into... She probably knows because she was dating Tommy. Right. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting uh, Cobra Kai confused with this movie. Yeah, <laughs> happens. <laughs> Sorry, but, Ralph Macchio's daughter knows karate and knows everything about it, so... Oh, well, yeah. Cobra Kai. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That would make sense. Yes. Um, but it's just mm -hmm. dumb that, that, I mean, Miyagi's point of having him participate in the tournament wasn't to win. They, they make that clear. But it is a little irresponsible to go to the tournament without even knowing the rules. It would just mm -hmm. create all this, like, anxiety and stress. That's the uh, whole thing behind Miyagi. It doesn't matter. True. Well, he had a lot of confidence in Daniel, and he was, he was proven right. Mm -hmm. um ashley any more tidbits did you <laughs> you might have read this but the famous well, I read fly, everything the famous fly scene yeah oh yeah <laughs> tell explain us how they how they refrigerated the flies and how, how they well, you just this explained off. it so oh well that's not but that's not the full story <laughs> i know i know i know so they had several tactics to try and get the flies to slow down so they could like catch them with chopsticks because they're too fast it's like, oh, we'll put it in the fridge and it'll like, slow it down and we'll like let it come out of the fridge and it'll just kind of drunkenly like fly around. <laughs> and then that didn't work because it was too fast. And so like, okay, we'll just resort to putting a fly on a string and just like waving it around. Yeah. I caught it. That's I I was looking for that when we were watching the movie. And it's it what I didn't remember one is that Miyagi is trying in several scenes to catch a fly, but it's it's Daniel's son. That catches I remember the fly. Mr. Miyagi catching it in my head. You I do? Yeah. Yeah, same. Hmm. Um, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, like, same here. They, they sort of do it as a gag because Miyagi's, Miyagi never successfully does it, and Daniel does it on his first try. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he's like, gives him this kind of, this, this uh, witticism that if you can do this, you can accomplish anything, and then he just does it with way too much ease. Um, so... Yeah, that was that's another that's another memorable scene, but one that is probably misremembered um, by a lot. It's also an example of my last trope, which is named from this movie, Wax On, Wax Off, um, where you train someone with unorthodox methods and they end up being practical skills, but the, the trainee doesn't realize it at the time. Um, it's something that happens in Kill Bill when uh, uh, Pai Mei is training her to like use chopsticks and do and carry water and do a bunch of uh, grueling stuff um, so that she can exact revenge on him later. 
Can you name all the things he had, Danielson had to learn? Do you remember them? Sure. Uh, painting? No, the name for them. <laughs> like what the do move. you mean? The move. Like wax on, wax off, or the other ones? Um, paint up, paint down. Brush up, brush down. Continue. Sand. Oh, the other one. Sand up, sand around, <laughs> sand, sand down. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. We'll just say that. Those are, can, those are good. Can you? I was just wondering. No, I was just wondering. What was the, it was side to side for one of them. Ooh. Right? Brush up, uh, brush down, wax on, wax off, sand on, sand off. Sand, side to side might have been the sanding one. I don't know. I, feel, I was just wondering yeah. if you remembered because okay. you just watched it. So. Well, they, I, I didn't know it. I didn't understand the question now that I understand it. Oh, I still, now that I, I told you know. all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> that my answer as well. <laughs> um, forget, forget your tidbits. Let's move on to rank the blank. <laughs> all right. We had to do it. Yes. If other than Rocky, this movie is probably known, you know, we've mentioned some moments, but the training sequence that we were just talking about is a classic example of a training montage. So we are going to go through tournament style, some training montages uh, from movies throughout the years. Derek, um, before we do that, why don't you give us like a little taste of what training montages are all about? so team america world police deconstructed the training montage but i still find it a very effective form of storytelling um, despite their poking fun at it. So, Ashley, before we go into these, why do, you, why do you not care for Team America? Not your, not your style of comedy? It's too dumb. Well, I, so I've only, watched, <laughs> I've only watched it one time. Yeah. So maybe I should rewatch it and check it out. But the first, I watched it the first time in college, and I was like, ugh. Were you a South Park person? Not really, no. I'm not either. I mean, not like against it. I just haven't watched yeah. all of them and... Team America is clever and and fun and 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 awesome, but I can't I can't really take you to task. So, <laughs> up first, our first matchup: Miyagi versus Yoda. So, Miyagi, waxing poetic. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Concentrate. Look in my eye. Like a hand, thumb inside, wax on, hat, wax off, hat. right? Wax on. So that's Miyagi now versus Yoda teaching Luke in Empire Strikes Back. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. <laughs> do or do not. There is no try. Ooh. Wax on versus there is no try. Ashley, what are you feeling? Going for Yoda. Sorry, Miyagi. Better voice uh, or like, I don't know, throatier, froggier, froggier <laughs> Froggy, voice. Froggier voice. <laughs> uh, 
Man, even after just watching just watching Karate Kid. Yeah, I I mean I love Mr. Miyagi, but I'm going I'm going Yoda on this one. Okay, Derek, want to weigh in? I feel like their messages are the same, so they're a tie for me. Yeah, it's a good it's a good matchup. Um, I'll break the tie because we're gonna have to do um a semifinal with mm-hmm. uh, oof. I'm gonna go Miyagi because it's fresher, yeah. and I'm not a I'm not a big Star Wars person. I'm sorry to add another fan Star base. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Jesus Star Christ. Trek, what else? Lord of the Rings. Okay, oh. I guess I have a type that I don't <laughs> like. Um, in this next epic showdown, we have Rocky versus Rocky. So <laughs> here's Rocky from Rocky One running through Philadelphia. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. <laughs> Him. <laughs> no mercy actually no mercy is better for this next one rocky training in russia as he prepares to fight ivan drago in rocky four <laughs> keep in mind same composer it's pretty good <laughs> So, in case this isn't as fresh in your mind as it is in mine, <laughs> this Rocky Four montage is where uh, Sylvester Stallone is training in a barn in Russia. He goes to Drago's home turf to train and to fight, and against you know better judgment, he's got a beard for one of the first times I, that I, I recall in the series—an incredible, uh, thick, full Italian beard. Um, he's running through snow and that's all cross cut with um, his opponent Drago like training in a state of the art facility getting shot up with steroids um, (laughs) progressively having his treadmill get higher and higher and faster and faster and then you have Rocky like lifting wheelbarrows in a barn Um, in the first Rocky it's him running through the streets of Philadelphia, as you remember. I think he does it in a couple movies, but this is the one where he runs through the meat factory, punches some raw meat. <laughs> um, so two strong contenders. Um, there's a lot of different factors that we could weigh here, but Ashley, who are you leaning towards? I'm going to go for Rocky and Russia. Yeah. Derek? Stronger. As much as I love Russia, I've got to go with the OG just running yeah. through Philly. Man, okay, I gotta break the tie again. Uh-oh. So, better song in the first one, but uh, Die Hard. It seems like Die Hard Rocky people, including myself, four is the the favorite. Um, I love four in general. Drago. I mean, it's hard to say is a better opponent than Apollo Creed, but he's a more iconic like villain for sure. Apollo Creed obviously sort of turns into an ally until Drago, spoiler, kills him in Rocky IV. If he dies, he dies. Um, so Rocky's there getting revenge. He's, um, I mentioned the beard. He's probably at his peak physical condition um, body-wise in four. So I'm going to go four as well. So Rocky IV advances, Miyagi advances, I hope they don't fight each other in the... Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be a good fight. <laughs> I'm not even sure we have an even... Oh, we do have an even number of candidates. Yep. Um, next, we have John Candy teaching Jamaicans to bobsled and cool runnings. Kind of a wild card there versus 
Jean-Claude Van Damme and his own sensei in Bloodsport. Derek, let's, um, let's hear a little of that uh, Bloodsport montage. Koi fish. Yep. I'll explain that splashing in a minute. Chop. Chop. <laughs> they chop, you know it's good. Okay, so I wanted I wanted to hear a, a, a bit of that music because that might be my favorite my favorite song of, of the bunch. Much. Yeah, but <laughs> I gotta paint the I gotta paint the picture a little bit. Ashley, did you watch this YouTube video? I did not. Okay, cool. But I've I was going to let you do it, but yeah, I didn't remember all the details from the, the montage. So um, it's Van Damme getting beat up by a sensei. It's the sensei uh, where we picked up in the clip reaching into a koi pond. Uh, instead of being a bitch and grabbing flies with chopsticks, he's grabbing <laughs> koi <string>. fish. <laughs> he's grabbing fish in a barrel, basically, but <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless. Um, then... Uh, we, it goes into the, the blindfolded segment and uh, where uh, John claude Van Damme has to serve tea to the house guests with uh, a blindfold on. So he's pouring tea blindfolded. He's um, grabbing fish blindfolded. And then it culminates in what's probably the most memorable part where he's strapped up uh, with these cords between two poles, sort of like telephone poles. And he's doing like a full body split that he's known for. He's yeah, supporting yeah. his whole body weight with his with his arms and, and legs. And he's finally ready to take on his sensei. So it's that versus John so, Candy <laughs> teaching the Jamaicans how to bobsled. Do you have an argument for the, the bobsled? I mean, sequence? I really like that movie, but no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Derek, is this a unanimous one? John Candy, baby. Okay. Oh, I'll all right. The, I mean, the bobsled one, this is probably the only comedic one we have on the list, and it is fun, and he also, it's a, it's a really uplifting, wonderful story, so maybe some sort of uh, white savior complex, I, I don't know, I'd have to re-examine, but uh, he, he definitely uh, teaches some, a group of people that have never attempted an activity before to, to do it um, at an Olympic competitive level so that's cool but john claude van damme is a, a badass and he's a frequent guest uh, a guest <laughs> in terms of commentary on on our uh, podcast so far so got to shout out him <laughs> we got one more matchup this is Ooh. the aforementioned padme abusing the bride in kill bill versus ashley I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> no, you don't have to, to sing it, but I'll let you. I'll, let you I'll make a man out of you for Mulan. Go home with your food. How could I make a man out of you? Oh, I love it. Yeah, so. My favorite. I don't we don't need to belabor this one i haven't seen mulan um obviously what? i watched this clip several times um it's one of jamie's favorite movies we've been meaning to watch it but i haven't I haven't seen it the new live action version is still scheduled to come out in theaters next month so we'll see if that happens but 
all that aside, uh, how do you feel about the Kill Bill one, even if you're going to pick Mulan? Oh, how do you know? Um, no, the Kill Bill one's great. Um, I just love Kill Bill in general. So, yeah. But she just gets her shit rocked. And yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm still going to choose Mulan. Yeah, this is unfair. I mean, I can't fight against Mulan because I haven't seen it, like I said. And, and I love Kill Bill probably more than any other movie on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think it'll be fun to see Mulan advance. For the final round, we're going to do a death match. Hey, I didn't get a choice yet. <laughs> hey. Oh, my bad. Choose Mulan or die. <laughs> so the reason why I'm going with Kill Bill is because there is an animated <laughs> portion in Kill Bill Volume 1 that... like, I Yeah, said, but we didn't animated. go with the animated portion. It doesn't matter. Kill Bill, baby. But I wow. wanted... Mulan to fight Mr. Miyagi. No, I, I, okay, you know what? That's, you know, that's a great point. Uh, thanks <sighs> for, for giving me an option to, to choose here. Well, Derek cheated anyway, so we're only ranking the training montage from Kill Bill, not the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can't choose like a random scene. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, Mulan. Thank so, you. We have in our deathmatch arena, uh, WWF style, Miyagi. We've got Rocky Four, we've got John Claude Van Damme, and we have Mulan. Uh, how do you see this playing out, Ashley? So I would say Miyagi versus Mulan. Well, no, they're in a death match. They're just oh, battling fine. it out. Just death. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oof. A cage match, whatever you want to call it. John Claude Van Damme. Okay. I, I, well, I mean, what gives him the edge? Well, I think he's just the best fighter. I think he's the best fighter. And he can do the splits, so he wins. I'm going to say Miyagi is, like, doing, trying to, like, talk people out of fighting. Um, While so, fighting. And then uh, <laughs> who, would, who would just sucker punch him? Rocky Four probably yeah. accidentally sucker punches him. Um, Van Damme, it, I, I mean, it definitely comes down to – Rocket uh, Van Dam. Van, well, no, Van Dam and Mulan. Like they have, they oh. both have the like acrobatic uh, martial arts skills. I don't think uh, a slugger like Rocky, a boxer, yeah. it's pretty. He has a pretty limited range of of moves. Um, so, do you think you think Van Dam could beat beat up uh, Mulan because she's not a man? That's exactly not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, well, I, I haven't mean, seen it, so I, I'm 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 uh, conveniently letting myself off the hook here. She's pretty fast and strong and crafty, and she's really smart. I don't remember Jean Claude Van Damme's very smart in this movie. I'm gonna say he's not. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so I'll just I'll I'm gonna change it to Mulan because she's more resourceful. Okay. So Mulan takes takes the championship. Wow. She's a victor. Yeah. Yes. And now surprise guest, Daniel Sun from the top rafter. <laughs> it's oh, taken no. out in one spinning kick <laughs> um, no maybe they like uh maybe they go on a date oh yeah maybe yeah. i mean he's he's i have no idea what age mulan is and if that's i'm not trying to like give... well she was supposed to almost get married in the beginning of the movie so yeah. she was of age and he's although he looks like he's 14 he's 21 in real life but in the movie he's probably like 16 so yeah and i don't want to give this death match a conventional hollywood ending and have to make it about romance but maybe they go share like war stories yeah so they have some tea or something cool let's um let's move into the final stretch with awards 
Dun, 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 dun. How many awards did this win, Ashley? Just one. Well, but. But really important. So um, Pat Morita, who is obviously Miyagi, um, earned an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor, which is the first for an Asian American, which is huge. Yeah. He didn't win, which is a very big bummer, but it's really cool that he was nominated in the first. Oh, oh man. I kind of, I think I might have misquoted this to Jamie last night. I actually thought he won. Um, no. So just being nominated he was, just was a nominated. first. And mm-hmm. has anyone, I didn't do the, the follow-up research, but has anyone, uh, have any Asian American actors won since? Um, I can look or been nominated? I know, obviously, you know, uh, South Korean movie just won Best Picture, and that was monumental um, for uh, that category. But in acting roles, has not been a very um, hospitable environment to uh, to Asian American actors. Um, not a lot of opportunities. I know um, in that oral history, Marita's daughter said that her dad was had been trying to get anything that wasn't like a stereotypical. Mm-hmm. Um, role and this was one of the only things that he had been you know even though it's karate <laughs> related right. it's by far the most like nuanced uh, character uh, character developed role that he's that he had been offered so he jumped at the chance and made the most of it and he was nominated for an academy award and a golden globe which is pretty cool nice so not just for one um yeah and then the winner the Young Artist Award went to Elizabeth Shue Alley with an mm. I. So, yeah, and she, she... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. She was charismatic in this. That's all I was going to say. She was didn't do a ton, but she had a lot of screen presence. Yeah, she was good. And she was supposed to go to Harvard and decided not to until later, until after this movie. So, I thought it was really cool. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. So, yep. any Ashley Awards? Two awards. Ooh. So most lovable sensei, obviously Mr. Miyagi and Dr. Gilbert High sensei. (laughs) Um, And then this is kind of like a Razzie award. Uh, (laughs) Not better than Three Ninjas award. Oh, wow. You are obsessed with Three Ninjas. (laughs) It's just so, I need to rewatch it. I feel like I need to rewatch it, but I loved it so much as a kid. So we need a, we need a new death match. (laughs) (laughs) It's like these, these, uh, Daniel's not young enough for you. You need like, how old are they in Three Ninjas? They're probably in middle school. It's like just a, a few, one school below high school, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. would be middle school, like you said. Yep. Um, cool. Well, let's let's uh, move on to our favorite and most confusing category. How <laughs> 80s is this 1984 release? Uh, that could be stuff like wardrobe, sound, lighting, the actors that are in it. Um, where do you want to start on this one? Wardrobe. Car. Okay. Yeah, the wardrobe. So the hairstyles, the sweaters, the shirt, the even their gym clothes, very eighties. Jean uh, shorts. Je- yeah, jean shorts. Um, terrible outfit choice for what? for Daniel's son throughout the whole movie. His outfits were awful, except for the very end. hard disagree. Okay, well, you like the camo with the flannel with the red shirt underneath. Yeah, actually, <laughs> you would wear that. Uh, I don't know if I would wear it, but I admired that him for wearing terrible. it. Terrible, uh, but very very eighties <laughs> wardrobe. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and not like in a over the top way, just in a, a what kids would have been wearing in high school way. Well, I should say not over the top for some of the kids, but for the Cobra Kai kids, right. their red jumpsuits with the with their names and, and some kind of other embroidery on them. They're kind of like members only track jackets. Mm-hmm. 
um, that they all that they all had made uh, when they show up on their dirt bikes. That was that was a, quite an entrance. Yeah. Um, so that was a that was very eighties. That was sort of sort of like Sound. Lost Boys. Um, yeah. What do you think about the the soundtrack? Extremely eighties. Yeah. Yeah. The the songs that they used and the score very eighties. The style, the like cinematography and the the lighting and stuff maybe the shots on the the silhouette shots on the beach mm-hmm. and if we want to include editing and the montages and stuff there's not only the multiple training montages then there's also the date montage that i mentioned um so i would say on a technical level it gets high marks as well and then these actors that were in it mostly machio and shu and marita and probably some of the Cobra Kai kids. Was this when they peaked, you'd say? Yeah. So, yep. man. And a lot like- of them, well, a lot of them were originally, the auditions were originally like famous actors and musicians' sons. Right. Um, so like one of the Cobra Kai guys was Steve McQueen's son, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then another one was Clint Eastwood's son. That audition, they didn't get the part and Clint Eastwood was pissed. I I saw Emilio Estevez's name pop up once again. Yeah, he's <laughs> no yep, way. just around. Yep. Nick Cage. <laughs> Also considered mm-hmm. for Daniel, right? Charlie Sheen. As Charlie well. Sheen. For yeah. some of these were Daniel and some of these were other kids, but yeah, definitely the same, the usual suspects that were hitting the the 80s scene. So I don't know. Is this our most 80s movie yet? 16 Candles still. Okay. 80s. Yeah. This, if we expand this category to include like, how it's sort of if you were to just ask someone name movies from the 80s like or name the movies that come to mind when you think of the 80s there's a good chance this one would would come up there's a very good chance something like 16 candles ghostbusters uh, would come up ghostbusters sure. gremlins maybe People i would might think that came later maybe yeah like know. early early 90s yeah maybe. so okay it's it's right right near the top of the list but mm-hmm. maybe nothing has uh uh overtaken 16 candles yet we have a lot of <laughs> bullet points under the rewatch remake sequel spinoff video game action figure everything else uh category in terms of what we would recommend uh, let's just start with rewatch real quick do all of us recommend uh rewatch if someone hasn't seen this for a while heck yeah, yeah. yep Eric, yeah. yeah. I'll ditto that. Um, Ashley and I both watched the remake into that from 2010 last night. I'm going to say don't bother. Yeah, it was fine. So, no rewatch. Do you have any other... Well, I guess that, that leads into another... I don't know. What do you call Cobra Kai? That's not a... That's just it's a like sequel. It's like a spinoff, kind spin-off. of? Yeah, it's a spinoff series. Yeah. Um, Derek, I know you've watched more of that than us. We've each watched just the pilot episode um, and enjoyed it enough, but didn't have time to watch any more. How did you find it? Uh, I wouldn't call it a spinoff, first of all. Okay. Oh. I would call it, um, what are the movies that come out after? Like, a like sequel? If there's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Not a prequel. <laughs> so a sequel, because... The spinoff indicates that there's one character taking it in a different direction, but it's still both characters, mm-hmm. both main characters. How did what made you 
uh, burn through that? Um, the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it had a lot of very, it, it, it had callbacks to this movie. It had jokes about this movie. Uh, the roles kind of switched where, you know, Johnny was kind of the, the protagonist and, mm-hmm. you know, more so um, than Ralph Macchio. The car salesman. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it was it was good, and the choreography in the fights was way way better. It was so fucking awesome. Yeah, I can imagine that that's an area that that could be improved. Um, so you'd recommend people watch as much of that as they they. I mean, it's really easy to digest. It's thirty minute episodes. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, if you like the original Karate Kid and the whole Mr. Miyagi vibes stick with you or, you know, vibe with you, I would recommend watching this. Yeah. Well, but we've had sequels, we've had spinoffs, we've had a remake. I don't need any more. I wouldn't have thought that Cobra Kai would have succeeded. So I'm glad that that, that worked, but I don't have any better ideas. Um, there are some random other things that this uh, franchise has spawned. There's a um, vape juice. <laughs> called Sweep the Leg by Bonsai uh, yes. Papers. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's um I think the son of one of the guys that was involved in the in the movie created that and also a beer from from an Austin brewery. So that's how you know you've made it. Uh go figure there's a car wax. Um <laughs> that is cool. Wax on, wax off. But oh, yeah. best of all there was a idea for a coffee shop that actually came up with earlier today. <laughs> what, you ready for this called? one? Yeah. Cobra Chai. <laughs> Woo! Cobra Chai. Sounds great. Someone should Cobra, do that. Anyone? Cobra Chai lattes. That does sound great. And <laughs> yeah. um, Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. The guy gets his coffee kicked out of his hand. Except in this coffee shop, we'll kick it into your hand. Ooh. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's going awesome. to require... <laughs> some some training <laughs> some extra well maybe they can kick the uh the latte art onto the top of the the phone Ooh, I mean, kick, yeah. like, or like karate chop chop the the latte okay latte. okay <laughs> chop chop i think i think that's it for karate kid any final thoughts no mercy uh, be careful if you own a bonsai tree because you'll kill it like I did. You should get one. It's not I hard. To, it's I, I had one. It's pretty hard to kill a bonsai tree, I feel like. <clears throat> yeah, well, I did. Do you overwater it? You don't have to water it that much. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> uh, Derek is from Arizona where the national plant is a cactus and yet <laughs> you couldn't apply the same principle <laughs> to a bonsai. Um, next week on new release... We have a showdown of its own. Yes. Arnold versus a whole cast of characters, including Wilt Chamberlain, Grace Jones, and others in this movie. Y'all ready for this? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger, a legendary hero, a fantastic adventure, the treasure. The magic, the power of Conan. Grace Jones. Viewer discussion advice. Arnold Schwarzenegger is.
Conan the Destroyer. Sunday at 3 on TV 33. The Great Movie Station. <laughs> Tune in. The Great Movie Station. Y'all know who Will Chamberlain is, right? Yes. Basketball player. Not yeah. an yeah. actor, but an insanely imposing physical presence. Not a <laughs> bodybuilder like Arnold, but huge and, and tall and one of the most athletic uh, basketball players of all time. So that's interesting casting. Um, this... It's important to keep in mind uh, for us and for anyone else who might be watching along. This is Conan number two. Um, so Conan the Barbarian came before this. Uh, are y'all going to watch number one? Yes. Leading up to this. Yeah. <laughs> He's shirtless the whole time. So yeah, Why I don't think we're going to need to spend too much time debating <laughs> when, when he's going to take his shirt off. <laughs> I do remember poor acting as a kid. I remember being poor acting. So I'm excited to see if it's better. We're, we're back to, for me at least, back to where I don't have a lot of expect, like, expectations or awareness going into this movie of what I'm going to remember, how much I'm going to remember. Um, I'm not 100% sure I've like seen it straight through. Maybe we did. You think we did when we were younger? I think so, but I'm kind of, I, I still think I'm confusing it with some guy who like had a hawk and he would call it and it'd come to his arm. Oh, Falcor? Wait, no, that's... No. You're thinking of Clash of the Titans, um, and maybe. I don't know. You're, thinking, that... of, you're thinking of Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> three Ninjas, no. <laughs> Mordecai. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking of Three Ninjas. I guess we have to do 1992 at some point. Um, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, Derek, have you seen this? I don't remember. Same. Yeah, I, I really don't. Right. I feel like it's... he rides a horse a lot as well, but... I mean, there's absolutely no way if I have seen one or two or both that I would be able to differentiate between the two. So it'll be really fun to immerse ourselves in <laughs> the Conan <laughs> world, one of uh, uh, Arnold's initial breakout roles. So that's next week. If you want to get that in your queue, subscribe to the podcast by searching New Release 1984 on Spotify or Apple. And uh, that's a wrap. Right.